So <laughs> some people are more excited than others. That's all right. Uh, building fund report. Um, our highway sign that we've been raising money for is we're almost there. Uh, we've also been raising money for church house finishing stuff, restoration. Our goal was uh, $35,000. We've already raised $30,518.85, which uh, means we only have $4,481.15 left to go. Hallelujah. You got a picture of that sign there that we're looking for? And then I'm going to, there, that's what it will look like. So you can see the bottom half already outside there now. The top watch fire area is what we're going to be uh, adding to the sign. It'll be an electronic sign, and we can change the message with events going on and, and uh, sharing the name of Jesus for the thousands of people that drive by on a daily basis. Okay, I'm going to read to you some scripture, uh, a giving scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 29, verses 14 to 17. This is from the New International Version. And this is David saying, Who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. We are foreigners and strangers in your sight, as were all our ancestors. Our days on earth are like a shadow without hope. Lord our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a temple for your holy name comes from your hand, and all of it belongs to you. I know, my God, that you test the heart and are pleased with integrity. All these things I have given willingly and with honest intent. And now I have seen with joy how willingly your people who are here have given to you. Oh, that's just filled with gratefulness. How many of you are grateful here this morning? Everything that we have has come from God, and it is a blessing to give. As a matter of fact, the New Testament tells us not to give unless we have a cheerful heart. We're not giving out of compulsion. We're giving because we're blessed. And when we read the story of Abraham. Why was Abraham blessed? Can you tell me? Why was Abraham blessed? He was what? He was obedient, okay, but what was the purpose of blessing Abraham? He, yes, Abraham was blessed to be a blessing, and, you know, God wants to bless the world with His people. So as he pours on blessings to us, share as God wants you to. There are uh, boxes in the back for your tithes and offerings by the door. Um, bring those on your way out. Pray over them on the way out. Let's have a word of prayer here together. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for what you have done for each of us. Not only financially you have blessed us, but also with our health and our strength. Families, loved ones, Lord, we just... Uh, are grateful this morning, Lord, and we um, will be responsible to uh, share blessings as they've been given to us, Lord. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Uh, some of you have been involved in the Revive Minnesota program. We're going to have someone sharing about that this morning. I already hear some rumblings. I know it's been exciting. Um, there is a Facebook page. Uh, go to Revive Minnesota, Headwaters Bemidji. 
And today at 2 p.m., there's training and outreach at the Mount Zion Church and a pig roast dinner at 6.30 at the Mount Zion Church and then a service following 4.30. The dinner's at 6.30, so no, dinner's at 4.30. And we can eat until... Sweet! (laughs) All right, thank you. Okay, so show up at 4.30 and eat until 6.30. That's an instruction. Okay, good. Um, Service following. Correct. Okay. Uh, This coming Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday are the final days to get involved. So at, and correct me if I'm wrong, from 8 to noon or about noon, there's prayer in the morning at Mount Zion Church each of those days. Um, And then in the evenings, you also will be at the Mount Zion Church for evening supper and service, right? Um, In the afternoons, there are outreaches at different churches. So, again, 8 to, it's probably, what, 11, prayer, breakfast, outreach. Okay. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to sum it up, and we'll get more details coming up. I'm just trying to make it real, break it down real quick. So in the mornings, we'll be at, 10, at Mount Zion Church, okay? Mount Zion Church in the mornings. And then from noon until roughly 4th, okay, noon until, the, there's testimonies and outreach from noon until, until 2 Okay, and it, this, could we go back to the Facebook page? Okay, lunch. Okay, but okay, it's the point. So around noon, noon to two. At the lunchtime church, which means there will be three different churches Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday that we will be doing those things at. Okay, and then. Okay, right. We're, yeah, I'm getting there. Okay. So, yes, exciting. So, and then there will be outreach in the community at that time. Okay. And, and then back to Mount Zion Church Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at 5.30 for supper and then a service. Okay. Thank you. I think I deserve a round of applause. Maybe I, maybe I don't. Maybe I don't. So, talk to me afterwards. Okay. All right. Oh, yeah, there's the details. Okay, then, so then Monday... Uh, the outreach is at the First Baptist Church. Tuesday, the outreach is at the Mount Zion Church. And on Wednesday, it is here at Ten Strike Community Church. Okay? Good. I would like to have Paul come up here and, first of all, correct anything that I messed up and share a little bit more about what's been going on. Let's give Paul a welcome this morning. Thank you. So I'm going to have my wife come up, too. This is Juliet. And um, I just want to thank all of you. Um, this, has been an, uh, this has been really great, even though I feel like we just got started. Um, but, you know, we, we actually were praying for 21 days before this got started. And we've been coming up here for um, almost a year now. So it's, it's been fun. Uh, so first off, uh, raise your hand if you've been out, if you've been part of anything, the prayer, the outreach, uh, raise your hand. Okay. Now, if you've been out on the teams this week, leave your hand up. Okay. 
So, so that's a lot of people. Um, and I can't call on all of you because I wasn't given enough time. But um, I will call on two of you here momentarily. Um, and then um, here's the thing. You know, God is just really moving powerfully. But it's, it's funny because I used to think that I went to the church to see God moving powerfully and I've really come to realize that I go to the church to get filled back up, to get recharged, but I go out there to see God moving powerfully. And when you think about what is it that Jesus did, okay, he went, he went out. 85% of the miracles and things he did were not in a, any sort of a church setting at all. They were, they were on the streets, okay? But something that something holds us back, and it's funny because we sing about it. Uh, we sang the song this morning, Fear is a Liar, Okay. Usually that's what it is, okay? And what are we really afraid of? Okay, the enemy's been defeated. The next song you sang was, Come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. So he's with us. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Bear your cross as you wait for the crown. Tell the world of the treasure you found. So if you haven't been out with us yet, come and see. God is showing up. We're not alone, and it's a lot of fun. Juliet, why don't you say a few words? Well, I've been coordinating the housing this week, and so I don't know who my host homes all are. I know Bob and Julie Bush, but thank you so much if you've volunteered your home. It's been a huge blessing to people, and I heard that we have great hospitality in this area, so um, good stories. Um, and also, I just wanted to talk about the evenings. T starting on Thursday night, we've been offering something called Revive Kids. And it's not just child care. It's a whole program about equipping um, kids through elementary school, through sixth grade, how to do what we're doing on the streets. And we don't feel like there is a junior Holy Spirit, that every, every child can share the gospel, share, pray for people, and uh, minister to people. So uh, what we do in the evenings is we have a worship time with the kids and we have a lesson, but we also talk about what Paul's going to, you're going to talk about the wristbands there. We're all, we also share with them um, how to share their faith with the tools that we use. And um, it's been great. We've seen a lot of kids, so bring your kids. But, oh, okay. So we share with them how to share the gospel through these colored wristbands. Oh, I thought, oh, okay. Anyway, what we are, sorry, we didn't communicate very well. Um, anyway, what we need, what we would need from you, and I know this is a big ask, but tonight we're doing this community pig roast. We're probably going to see a lot of people coming and also bringing their kids. If you have any desire, or even if God's just laying it on your heart and it's not even your desire, and you would like to help with this wonderful kids program, can you see me after the service? And I would love to get your name, especially if you're already background checked through this church. That would be great. So tonight and the next, uh, or, I'm sorry, the next four nights starting tonight, we need desperately, we need volunteers. And then I'm going to stop right now. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to make it short, okay, but yeah, I was only I was given a certain amount of time. So, um, Tim, I just wanted to ask you to come up and say a few words. Uh, you can sit down. Uh, can you just give a brief testimony of just maybe something you've seen so far this week? Amen. I had an extraordinary morning yesterday. Where's Josh? Yeah, he went out with me and, a, and a, another young gal named Cassie. 
Um, I've been driving around the city with uh, Paul Bunyan Transit for five years, and I don't preach Jesus very much. I just love people. And this moment, I knew right where to drive, and he was home, and he came out on the lawn, and um, it was amazing, the connection. And I, I got talking to him, and I stepped back because I just felt to step back, and my wife stepped in, and <clears throat> 90 seconds later, he had received Jesus. He prayed the sinner's prayer with us. After five years of planting seeds into his life, second, te second testimony, now that's one who did not know Jesus, and he received. The second person I've been driving for, for the same amount of time, and we kid back and forth. She is a Christian. Uh, she stepped out of side of her house, and, and, um, and we just started praying for her. And so I started praying. I said, can we pray with you before we left? And I couldn't pray. Tears just started going down my face because she was squeezing my hand. She was squeezing something out of me. And, uh, um, I, and it was just an incredible moment. Kathy then prayed a prayer of healing, and it was incredible. God, so you don't always have to use words, but use love, and sometimes you can pick. So um, here's a crazy thing. We've been only doing this for a couple days, and we could tell testimonies for a long time. We even had somebody literally walk by. I want to share one thing. No, 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 no. No, just one thing. Okay, one. Okay. I've been uh, around evangelistic, uh, evangelistic stuff for years and years and years. I have never seen an organization like Revive Minnesota and the flow. So I'm bragging on you. There you go. Yeah, he, 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 he warned me not to give the people the microphone. <laughs> um, all right, so here's the thing. I just want to do a brief equipping. I know some of you may not be able to come out. So if I could just get uh, some help, the people that have I've asked to get the, um, our materials out. So we have a method, and the method is love. We have some tools that we can use that kind of help us to explain the gospel, but our method is love. And it's not our love, it's the Father's love, okay? I know this is a loving church. I've met a lot of you, okay? But you have to go out and share the love that, 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 that's been deposited inside of you, okay? So we just, we have four words. We love, we listen, we discern, and then we respond. So, so the first three I'm a talker. The first three, I, I'm not really doing a lot of talking, okay? Generally speaking, we ask people how we can pray for them. So that's, that's what we found is that that's the best way to show people love and enter into a spiritual conversation with people. But you know what? God is so creative. And so sometimes we show love by just meeting a need. You know, I've, I've raked people's lawns before. You know, just however the Lord would lead. He's so creative. And our tools are so simple that it allows room for God to move. And so we, we ask people to pray, how we, we can pray for them. We pray for them. And then we give them a, a wristband. And most people will accept prayer. Most people will receive a wristband. And we call that, we call that planting a seed. Um, if you could throw that graphic up real quick. You might be asking the question, well, I, I've done this before, or I can, you know, I can do this. 
um, on my own. Why don't I do, do this on my own? And you should. You should do it on your own. But if you look at this tree, this is, uh, you know, to me, this is, this is what I found online for the picture of the tree of life. And uh, the word, if you can go to that scripture, in Revelations 22, the word says that the tree of life bears new fruit every month, and there's 12 kinds of fruit. So there's a lot of different kind of fruit on that tree, if you go back to the image. But the crazy thing is, is that when we look at the tree, what we see is that there's some fruit that's it's right on the ground. It's real easy to pick up, and there's some fruit that's like... You know, I can pick it off the tree myself. But then there's, tree, there's fruit that's higher up on the tree. And so there's something really beautiful that happens when we do this together. And so what we're doing this week is we're putting together small groups, groups of three and four. And we're taking people that have some experience with going out on the street. So they're actually leading you by example. It's maybe called on-the-job training, okay? If you think about the things that you do from day to day, it was probably somebody showed you how to do that at one point, okay? So we, we open with prayer, and then we give them a wristband. And then if they're willing, we, we're asking. We're not pushing. We tell them, can I tell you what this wristband stands for? And so the five colors, yellow represents sin, black represents death, Red represents love, blue represents faith, and green represents life. And you can see that the Bible is tabbed. The whole idea is we're not, gonna ask, we're not trying to ask them a bunch of questions that are hard for them to answer, like trick questions. Okay, I've been involved in that kind of evangelism. It's not very loving. And you know what? We can do a lot of things, and sometimes God brings people into the kingdom in spite of ourselves. But if we look at how Jesus walked... He, was, he, he didn't force himself. He, he went to people that were open, and, he, and, and then they inter, he interacted with them, okay? So we, then we just asked them, if they want, I can, can I show you these verses? And then they just, we hand them the Bible, and they put their thumb on the tab, and they read the Scriptures. I won't get into how these verses work together. You know, you can, we can maybe show you that in the lunchroom or if you come today just kind of how we lead people through these. But you can literally go through these scriptures one at a time and just ask them, you know, what does this verse mean to you? But we invest in Bibles, okay? And there's a reason for that, okay? Tracks are, we could have a, a little gospel card or a little track. is a lot less money, okay? But when we're in encounters, people ask questions, and we need to be able to go in somewhere in the Bible. Many times the Lord will lead us to somewhere else other than these five verses. But it's, it's just a beautiful thing, okay? One last testimony. Last night, in the middle of the message, the, the preaching pastor that night, he, he saw a man walking by, and he called him out. He asked him to come in. He said, come on in. And he, he did a little loop-de-loop, and he came through the fence. And he, he just came in and sat down. It was at the very end of the service. He didn't really hear any of the sermon, but the music started to play, and they asked ministers to come forth. And uh, it was really fun. I felt led to go up. And, but I, I walked around the tent, and I was just praying for him. I was just standing behind him and just praying for him. And uh, he actually just gotten off work at Lucan's. You guys probably know where that is. And um, it was just fun because I, I came up front, and he did come forth, and he asked for prayer. And you could just see that the Spirit 
was working on him, which is what we've been praying, is the Spirit would go before us. And then he went, sat back down, and there was a man there that had been visiting from Thief River Falls. And so he was a visitor. I think it was his first day there. And I handed him the Bible and the wristband because I'd seen that he'd been out in the street. And I just stood back and prayed. And I watched this man gently, lovingly lead him to the Lord. He answered questions, took their time. And then, we, and then he asked him, would, would you like to get baptized? And we, he led him across, and we baptized him right there. And then afterwards, we prayed over him. We asked the Holy Spirit to fill him. And then we said, you know what? Would you like it if somebody from the community were to pour into you? And so we signed him up for discipleship. I texted him later last night, and I said, you know, there's actually somebody that would like to, to disciple a couple. And he had mentioned that he was married. And so at midnight last night, we were texting. I sent him verses, and, and he agreed to... Uh, he agreed to be dis- his wife came home late, and she, she and him are both going to be discipled by local people. <laughs> so I'll just say a little prayer, and then we can pass it off. Um, Heavenly Father, I just thank you for what you are doing in the Bemidji Ten Strike area. Lord, it is not by our strength. And Lord, we just thank you for what you're doing. We ask that you prepare our hearts for the service, for the message. And Lord, we just ask that uh, you'd speak to all of us, Lord, and that your love would be greater than our fear. Thank you, Jesus. No mic? We need a mic up here, Phyllis. Morning. Well, praise the Lord. Thank you for sharing. That's great. The last uh, few months, I've been having it on my heart to uh, talk about uh, the local church and where it is in the heart of God. And I want to just bring an introductory thought this morning. So Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you that it's settled and we just desire to hear your plan, your purpose, your passion in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's go to 1 Timothy 3. This morning in 1 Timothy deals quite a bit with instructions for the local church. And other places in the New Testament do as well. The first Corinthians talks about order and services quite a bit and how they conduct things. Um, but 1 Timothy deals with the how the, the church functions as a whole. And <clears throat> Paul is kind of addressing this, and I'm not going to go through 1 Timothy much today, but I, want, I just want to talk the the passion of Jesus Christ 
for the local church. He is passionate. He is passionate. He has a purpose. He has a plan. And so the local church is not man's idea. It's not that, you know, some group gets together and say, we're going to do this to control the people, to keep whatever going. This is God's plan. He has a fire. He has a presence. He has a glory that's set in the midst of the local church. And as we go on in, our, in society, as things develop, uh, the word of God is always applicable to our generation. I'm going to have Phyllis read a few scriptures today. So 1 Timothy 3, 14 and 15. I'm writing these things to you, hoping to come to you before long. But in case I am delayed, I write so that you will know how one ought to conduct himself in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and support of the truth. Amen. Isn't it amazing that God has ordained that we as the people of God are called to be a pillar and support of the truth in our area, in our region. To be a beacon of stability. The world around us is changing in its ideas and ideals all the time. And we, you, know, you, you hear some of the liberal talking now and it, you, you think, where are they coming from? I can't even follow their logic. They're coming from a whole different basis of morality. But the church of Jesus Christ is unmoved. It doesn't flow with the popular idealism of the moment. Just, you know, I think back to, I grew up in a Presbyterian church, you know, pretty, it was a community church where they were born again people, but not charismatic or anything. But they, they taught the basics of Jesus Christ and the virgin birth and the Trinity. And I'm so thankful for that foundation. That's one of the great things that we do here as a, as a local church. We're teaching the children. We're laying a foundation that will be with them all the way through. Hallelujah. The local church is the pillar and support of the truth. Amen. And so there's a, there's a lot of reasons why God has ordained that and different things that happen when we come together that are to be so powerful in making disciples. But we want to read verse 16 here. Phyllis, why don't you read that? By common confession, great is the mystery of godliness. He who was revealed in the flesh was vindicated in the spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up in glory. This is the focus and, the, and what is projecting from this congregation. It's all focused on the person of Jesus Christ. 
It's the passion of our heart. Jesus came. Jesus died for us. Jesus raised up for us. Jesus proclaimed throughout the world. And that's what the outreach that we were sharing on earlier. Jesus proclaimed throughout the world. Jesus, the focus of our faith. Jesus ascended on high. Amen. And, and this is what brings the power. This is what brings the life of the presence of God when that focus is maintained. The pillar and support, the foundation of the truth, the beacon of stability and immovable confidence in the person of Jesus and his word. As we live through the end of this present age, the word of God clearly declares that the spirits of deception will be operating in the world and attempting to move the church into compromise and moving the focus away from the person of Jesus. But here we are, and we will be the beacon of stability and, and the foundation of the faith. We are here for Jesus. We are here for one another. In Hebrews 10, 25, not forsaking our own assembling together as a habit of son, but encouraging one another. All the more as you see the day drawing near. And so as we approach the end of time, the Bible tells us very clearly that we need to be together more and more. In the assembly, where we can encourage, where we can watch over each other's life, watch over our faith. We, we're in that relationship. Amen. Having our hearts open to one another, to hear the voice of God through one another. And I'm just going to read through a couple of verses here in Revelation 1. I'm not going to read all of this, but I just want to highlight a couple of thoughts. John has a vision on the island, and he hears someone speaking, and he turns around to see in verse 12, and he says, I saw someone. I, you know, I turned to see the voice that was speaking with me. I saw seven golden lampstands. In the middle of the lampstands, I saw one like the Son of Man, clothed in a robe. And he saw the person of Jesus Christ. In verse 16, in his right hand, he held seven stars, and out of his mouth came a sharp double-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining its strength. And so he goes on to tell us that here that the seven golden lampstands are the seven churches. That the glory of God, the lampstand is, is lit, it's burning. The presence of God is here in the local church. And Jesus is standing in the midst of the local church and he's there watching. He's there observing. He's there examining, not in a critical condemnation, but he's there to direct and to develop as the head of the church. He's moving us ahead to become more and more efficient in presenting ourselves to God and worshiping together. 
Hallelujah. Aren't you glad? And he says in verse 20, as for the mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. And so the angels, here's angelos in the Greek, messenger. And he's referring here not to angelic beings as we think of them, but to the messenger of the church, the fivefold ministry that he has his hand on in the local church. They're in his right hand and he will, and he says, write a message to each of these that they can proclaim my word with authority. And this is what, in the local church, Jesus speaks to us through those that he has firmly grasped in his hand. And it's a message for, as you read through all the messages, the seven uh, letters there, they were all unique, all different. They were designed specifically for that region, for that church. And you know, we can hear so many things now the word of God being preached and, you know, there's so many good messages and, you know, a lot of uh, ministers that we really uh, receive from. But there's something unique here in the local church. And I'm just talking about 10 strike, but yet in a local church, in the local church where God has his hand here and we need to hear what he's saying to us corporately that we can move together and fulfill his purpose. You know, God has a design for, for us. He has a plan individually, but also corporately. And he's building us together to become a habitation in which God dwells by his spirit, that we might worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. I just want to go through a couple of these verses here that he's speaking to the seven churches. So I'll have Phyllis read these. Ephesus, Revelation 2, 2. I know your deeds and your toil and perseverance. Smyrna, Revelation 2, 9. I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich. Pergamum, Revelation 2.13. I know where you dwell, where Satan's throne is, and you hold fast my name. Thyatira, Revelation 2.19. I know your deeds and your love and faith and servants and perseverance and that your deeds of late are greater than at first. Sardis, Revelation 3.1, to the angel of the church in Sardis write, he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars says this, I know your deeds that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. Philadelphia, Revelation 3.8. I know your deeds, 
Behold, I have put before you an open door which no one can shut. Laodicea, Revelation 3.15 I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. The and common I, theme, I know, I know, I know. Jesus stands in our midst and he peers into our heart, into our life. He knows everything. I know. Not to condemn us or to put us down. He's here to make us all that the Father has called us to be. He sees us completely both as individuals and also our corporate condition. He is passionate about the local church. He sees and he knows us. His plan for this fellowship, it has been in his heart before this church was established. He is working by his spirit, patiently, accurately, with vision and purpose. Just want to share a couple of things I've seen in the spirit that pertain to this congregation. And anytime we hear a prophetic word or a, 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 something that we've caught by the spirit, we always judge it carefully, as Paul said. Judge prophetic words. We, you know, they're not above the word of God. And we be careful not to add more to them than what's being revealed. Amen? A number of years ago, I mean, this was... I don't know, quite a while ago, and I, I just felt drawn, I was drawn here to just support Pastor Steve, and so I was just a member of the congregation. But there was a few people that were gathering here at noon once a week, and once in a while I would come in and pray with them. And there might have been two or three of us that, that uh, I forget, it might have been a Thursday, but praying for a move of the Spirit. And while we were praying, we were right up here in the front, I looked back and at, at the double doors right there, all of, there was just two angels standing there. And I'm looking at them and I, my mind is thinking, okay, they're standing here, they're watching over the Word, they're watching over the worship, they're, you know, they're there to guide, direct, help, protect. And as I was <clears throat> looking at them, and this is what I saw, I saw Jesus came, he came riding through those doors on a white horse. And, you know, I'm not, it was a vision, so I, I don't really think maybe he was here literally riding a horse. <laughs> but yet, this is what I saw, and he was holding a sort of authority in his right hand as he was riding, and he was just holding it up And as he went through the, the different rows, I could see he was, he had, he, it was authority, he was doing something. I didn't know what it was. But all of a sudden, he looked at me and our eyes caught together. And 
it, it was such a piercing gaze, it went down to the very core of my being. He is the Lord. He, he is the head of the church. And when you have a, an encounter like that, you know that you are known. I mean, his eyes go through you, through you and you know that your whole life is just laid bare before him. And the Spirit of God spoke to my heart. I didn't hear his physical words, but the Spirit of God spoke to my heart. And he said, I am going to remove selfish ambition from this congregation. Wow. He sees. He cares. He has a divine purpose. He has a divine goal. He's working to develop and to make us all for God. And this isn't about trying to judge who has selfish ambition. This is today we want to focus about he sees. I, he says, I know all about you. I'm here as the head of the church to develop and to work. And, you know, the church went through some things. And, but all the while, God was working in the core to bring about the flowering grace of his goodness here. He is so patient with us. Let's just say it. He is so patient with us. He is so patient with us. And things are progressing onward. But we simply humble ourselves before the one who is the head of the church, the Lord of all creation. He is the one that is here. And so how we relate to one another and how we, you know, how we conduct ourselves in the church is so important because God is watching. Jesus is examining. I do not want to grieve him or to move apart from what, he, what his purpose is. A year or two later, we were doing our meeting on a Friday morning. At, we meet at Phyllis's house in just a small little Bible study. But the word of God comes forth with great anointing and clarity there. So I just love going there. There's only a handful of people. I mean, there's just a flow in the word. But one day while I was speaking, I saw in the spirit a picture of a church. Not like a video of a church, just a picture of a church building. It was a traditional church building, with, you know, the white building with, with a steeple and a bell. And as I was looking at this, I saw, I saw the church building being lifted up and, and the, the concrete foundation it was on being stripped away and, and moved away. And then a brand new foundation was laid. And then the church came back down upon that foundation. And the Spirit of God spoke to my heart and said, I'm going to lift 
whole congregations up and remove the board-controlled government and establish apostolic government. Wow. My natural mind says, yeah, right. (laughs) How is that going to (laughs) happen? And I was preaching at a few different churches that time, and I'm thinking in my mind, well, that, that church is a candidate, and that church is a candidate, but I had no thought about here. But yet this is what God has done. When God speaks, he will bring it about. I had very little to do with any of the, the, the accomplishment of some of these things here. But it was in my spirit, so I held it up and I was praying and I was believing what God wanted to do in the Northland. By his spirit, he does what he says he's going to do. We are on track with his spirit. He is moving us to encounters with his visitations. Jesus is passionate about each one of us. He's passionate about you. This is not just some place we come and, and, you know, we go and hopefully we get a little bit of help. There's a divine glory, a divine light, a divine presence here to establish you, to keep you connected in the deep place of your spirit with the King of Kings, to keep you safe from the, 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 all the variations that are going on in the world and all the fads that run through the church to keep you safe and on track with pursuing Jesus Christ. He's passionate about each one of us. He is passionate about TCC as the beacon and light and witness of the truth. We have a part. We're not the whole thing or anything like that, but we have a part. I was just fishing this last week with my Presbyterian pastor friend in Big Fork. We went to high school together and you know we were best friends and but now he's pastoring in Big Fork and he's got a Presbyterian church, a very Presbyterian. But we were just out and we were talking about sermon preparation. We were talking about all these things. But I could, you know, there was just such a love for God in him. We're, you know, it's not that everything is charismatic or have the flow of the Spirit like we like to experience. But God is watching over his people. He's involved. We need to humble ourselves before him. And Phyllis, can you read 1 Timothy 3, 15 and 16 again? But in case I am delayed, I write so that you will know how one ought to conduct himself in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and support of the truth. By common confession, great is the mystery of godliness. He who was revealed in the flesh was vindicated in the spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, 
taken up in glory. Hallelujah. I just want to ask you, have you met this one that we're talking about, the passion of our heart, the passion of our desire, the one that is passionate for you, that you know him? Maybe you've been listening today about some of these scriptures and these things, and your spirit is just yearning for that deep connection with him. I'm going to pray a prayer. I'm going to ask you to open your heart to him. He is faithful. He is true. He will answer. He will come near to all who call upon him. Just, just abandon yourself to him. When I was saved at 16, my whole prayer was, okay, <laughs> that's all I said. <laughs> he sees the heart. With that, I mean I surrender to your lordship. I believe in you. I give my life to you. As we pray, let that be your prayer. So just, can we all just say these simple words? Father, I choose you. I choose Jesus. I set, accept him as my Lord. I will follow him all my life. Amen. Father God, I thank you for the work of your spirit that's been going on here. That you're patiently and steadily bringing us from glory to glory together. And we're anticipating encounters with that glory, Father, as we go ahead. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Hallelujah. If you need prayer, we'll be glad to just to be here and pray with you. If you have physical needs or healing, anything else, we're here. So remember our meal, enjoy one another, love each other. Amen. <laughs>